This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. We already know you guys like good stories. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the one that grabs your attention for free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash rivetingreads to check it out. Now on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Riveting Reads podcast, where each season brings you a serialized version of thrilling news stories, along with exclusive bonus content from the author. This is season one, Insomnia, book one of the Nightwalker series by J.R. Johansson, narrated by Roy Samuelson. New episodes are posting weekly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Stick around after today's chapter for some author insights into the writing process behind this chapter with Insomnia's author, J.R. Johansson. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and I'm here to give you a quick recap of episode 20, chapter 20 of Insomnia. At the beginning of this episode, we have Addie, Finn, and Parker in the nurse's room at the school, and they've come up with a plan. Parker thinks that with the recent improvement in Mia's nightmares, that if they're going to somehow convince Mia that Parker is not the bad guy and that she should trust him to help her, it is now or never. They make sure that Addie stays out of it so that Mia will still trust her if it doesn't go well, but Finn has to lie to Mia to get her to come with him in order to meet with Parker privately. Once she's there, Finn leaves them alone and Mia agrees to listen to what Parker has to say for a few minutes. He tries to explain that he's a Nightwalker and tell her about the dreams that he's seen, but Mia mistakenly believes that he has somehow gotten Dr. Freeberg to tell him about her dreams. She leaves even more convinced than ever that Parker is the one sending the emails. And that's it for your recap of Chapter 20. Stick around now for Chapter 21 of Insomnia. Hope you enjoy! Insomnia, The Nightwalkers Written by J.R. Johansson Narrated by Roy Samuelson. 21. The massive oak tree shuddered against the cold November wind. The few leaves that still clung to the branches were plucked off one by one, each spinning harder than the last as it skittered down the street in front of my car. I parked across from Dr. Freeberg's office again. What I was hoping to learn from showing up here at this point, I wasn't sure. I just wanted to talk to Freeberg. Mia had made it very clear in our conversation earlier that she already thought I had, so I might as well try. Maybe I could get a clearer idea if he was actually as creepy as he seemed to be. Maybe he had some of the answers that were out of my reach. After my plan to talk to Mia had crashed and burned, I desperately needed to cross a name off my suspect list, and if it couldn't be mine, well, then maybe it could be his. I leaned the driver's seat back and closed my eyes to rest for a few moments, but it didn't help much. My headache was every bit as bad as it had been earlier, and it was getting worse by the minute. Each time I shut my eyes, I saw darkness following Mia down the hallway. I had seen occasional weird things before, but usually they were while I was in someone else's dream and were followed by a pink unicorn wearing a pinstripe suit. This wasn't a dream, though. My mind had become my worst enemy. It was playing morbid tricks on me, and I didn't know how worried I should be. Blowing it off was the obvious option. It was easy. I was good at it. 
But I had a nagging feeling that seeing the shadow of me meant things were getting worse, more serious. As if losing time and night wasn't bad enough, full-blown hallucinations weren't something I felt prepared to deal with. Not now, not ever. It was bad enough to see darkness in Mia's nightmares, but to have him following me into reality wasn't an option. Yet what I had seen wasn't real. I didn't want him to be. He couldn't be. I'd avoided thinking much about the emails, mostly because it confirmed my fears. Either someone wanted Mia to think I had sent the messages, or I had sent them during my lost time. I winced and focused on the first option. Who would want to frame me, though? Who hated me enough to destroy my life like this? I'd been thinking about it for a few weeks, but still didn't feel any closer to the answer. We had no real suspects there. Thor, Matt, and Jeff made more sense than anyone, but would they really be okay with terrifying Mia in the process of making me look bad? Worse still, what if it was my name on that email, because I was the monster who set up the account? What if Mia had been right about me all along? Mia finally walked out of the office, chatted with Dr. Freeberg for a minute, and waved goodbye. He went back inside as she climbed in her purple truck on the other side of the parking lot. Ducking low in my seat, I closed my eyes and didn't move while she drove past. I didn't release the breath I was holding until after I heard her turn the corner. I was pretty sure she hadn't seen me. For the hundredth time in the last month, I was grateful my car was small and too boring to draw attention. Things were tense enough already. I waited until I couldn't hear any more traffic before I sat up. The moment I did, I saw a blind skull climb on his motorcycle, look straight at me, and peel out of the parking lot. I scrambled out of the car, but he was already so far down the road I could barely make out his receding figure. Find him when I looked for him, but here he was in Dr. Freeberg's parking lot at the same time as Mia? That was just too much of a coincidence. A trickle of fear froze me from the inside out. If I hadn't already added him to the suspect list, I'd be writing his name at the top of it right now. I could think of only one reason for him to be here. We'll dive right back into the story after this short break. This episode of Riveting Reads is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership. The audiobook I'd like to recommend this episode is On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. This is the highly anticipated second novel by Angie Thomas, the author of the number one New York Times bestselling, award-winning The Hate You Give, which, if you haven't read that yet, is also amazing. You definitely need to check it out. 16-year-old Brie wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time, or at least get some streams on her mixtape. As the daughter of an underground rap legend who died right before he hit big, Brie's got massive shoes to fill. But when her mom unexpectedly loses her job, food banks and shut-off notices become as much a part of Bree's life as Beats and Orion's. With bills piling up and homelessness staring her family down, Bree no longer just wants to make it. She has to make it. So, whether you decide to go with my recommendation of On the Come Up by Angie Thomas, or opt to select a different audiobook of your choice, you can get all set up by going to audibletrial.com forward slash riveting raids. That's audibletrial.com forward slash riveting raids to get your free audiobook. Hope that was a nice breather for you, because we now continue with Insomnia. Dr. Freeberg caught my attention when he began shuffling around the reception area. 
Grabbing a coat, he flipped off the lights. I rubbed my hands together to warm them and crossed the street. I couldn't think about Blind Skull now. I had to find out everything I could about Dr. Freeberg and Mia before he left, too. I had just stepped up onto the curb when he pulled a small key from his pocket to lock the door. I knew he wasn't supposed to talk to me about Mia, but if I could get him to tell me something, anything, it might help. Besides, the way he acted around her still gave me the creeps. He still stood too close for comfort. As he turned away from the door, I stepped onto the middle of the step behind him, blocking his path. Dr. Freeberg? Yes? He turned to face me, the pasty skin around his dirty brown eyes crinkled in confusion. I'm a friend of Mia Green's. I hoped maybe you could help me. Oh, you just missed her. She left a few minutes ago. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I wanted to talk to you. His eyebrows rose, but he didn't say anything. I didn't really know where to start, but anything would be better than standing here stuttering. She's tried to explain what you do with hypnotherapy, but I'm not sure I understand. Ah, uh, well, yes. Hypnotherapy is an underestimated art. There are so very many uses. Cognitive behavioral therapy, when combined with hypnosis, for example, can be instrumental in addressing issues like stress, anxiety, phobias. Dr. Freeberg slowly edged around me until he was out of the sidewalk and headed toward the parking lot, but he kept talking. I matched his pace, trying to soak up any information I could. Even panic disorders or insomnia have been found to respond well to treatment. Phobias, like with Mia and fire? He stopped walking and turned to face me. Frowning, he shook his head. I can't talk about any specific patients, of course, but to answer your question about phobias... Yes, any phobia has the possibility of responding to hypnotherapy. I nodded, trying to piece together what this could possibly have to do with Mia's dreams. She somehow thought I had heard about them from Dr. Freeberg. Did she have insomnia? So with the hypnotherapy, you could, what, help someone sleep better or not have nightmares? Well, dealing with phobias is a long and difficult process. Dr. Freeberg's expression was sad. But as far as insomnia and other sleep disorders, hypnotherapy has varying degrees of success. With some, self-hypnosis training can work immediately, but with others, it sometimes doesn't work at all. Self-hypnosis? Yes. I usually train my patients to be able to hypnotize themselves, particularly when dealing with insomnia or night terrors, issues that occur when I'm not present. It allows them to not only sleep, but to sleep in a semi-controlled safe state. It's a difficult method to document, but I see quite a bit of success with it. I felt my jaw click as my mouth dropped open. A light flipped on in my mind and suddenly everything made so much sense. Mia's painting dreams the reason they were so repetitive, so unlike anyone else's. They were dreams induced by self-hypnosis. That's what Mia's dreams about the meadow and the lighthouse and everything are, right? They're part of her treatment? She's hypnotized? Dr. Freeberg's brow furrowed. As I said, I'm not able to discuss Mia's treatment with you. Right, I just know she has dreams like that. Sometimes. I muttered. We stopped beside a blue BMW in the parking lot. Yes, well, I suppose you can ask her any other questions you might have. One more thing. It's not about the hypnosis or anything. Did she tell you anything about the threats she's been getting? The hypnotherapist turned slowly and leaned against the car. 
His expression was more guarded than it had been before. He seemed suspicious and oddly nervous. He looked guilty. She discussed that with you? Out of nowhere, my left hand had another mini-seizure. It shook violently at my side, and Dr. Freeberg got a good look at it before I stuck it in my pocket and pushed it down so hard that it mostly stopped. Well, my mind scrambled for an answer that might both distract him from what had happened and somehow make him talk. I came up empty. There wasn't one. I decided to try the truth. She mentioned she got some scary emails, and I'm worried about her. What did you say your name was again? His eyes were glued to the pocket where my hand still jerked sporadically. This was going downhill fast. I didn't want him to tell Mia I'd been here. I'm Jeff, Jeff Sparks. That's odd. I've met Jeff Sparks before, since he brings Mia to therapy sometimes. And you're not him. Dr. Freeberg returned my gaze with cold eyes, and I wanted to kick myself. Of course he had met Mia's foster family. Real genius move on my part. I missed the days when my brain could keep up with everything happening around me. Those were good times. He pulled his cell phone from his jacket pocket. I will give you 30 seconds to leave, young man. Taking a few quick steps backward, I stumbled over the curb. Right, well, thanks for your time. I was halfway to my car when I heard him yell behind me, And leave that poor girl alone! The air slowly drained from my lungs once I got into my car and back on the road. Something about Dr. Freeberg felt very... off. I couldn't place it. He seemed to know his stuff, and had obviously helped Mia with her nightmares before I screwed everything up for her. But he made my skin crawl. The sun was setting, and shadows crept across the road before me. I felt the same gloom encroaching on my heart. I'd watched Dr. Freeberg's dreams tonight, and see if they gave me a clue. If he knew something about the emails... Maybe his dreams would show me the truth. As I drove home, his last words rang through my head to the beat of the ever-present hammering. Leave that poor girl alone. My chest hurt as I drew in a slow, rattling breath. If only I could. Thanks for listening to the Riveting Reads podcast, Season 1, Insomnia. New podcast episodes will be available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're not the patient type and want the full book now, you can find the audiobook on Audible Podcasts or the paperback version on Amazon. Stick around for some author insights from J.R. Johansson about the chapter featured in this episode. Hi, I'm J.R. Johansson, and welcome to the Authorly Insights section on Chapter 21. I've always had a certain fascination with hypnosis, and the idea of deep, meditative states being helpful for various reasons. I do believe meditation and just taking a moment out of the craziness of daily life to focus on breathing can be good for anyone, for a number of reasons. Our world is filled with distractions of all different kinds, from a million different directions. Sometimes it can be incredibly difficult to just focus on one thing, like breathing. I've found, though, that as I've spent some time working on that, I'm better at focusing on other things when necessary, like writing. I don't know that hypnotherapy is necessarily something that I think would be more helpful than regular therapy, but I definitely wouldn't immediately discount it either. For Mia, who has gone through so much trauma and has these recurring nightmares, this option would make a lot of sense, and that deep meditative state producing a different kind of dream environment for Parker 
That made a lot of sense to me too. I think my fascination with hypnosis started when I was in junior high and high school. I used to go to like the hypnosis magic show type things at night and um, I was always really, really interested in how that worked, you know, <laughs> whether it worked. <laughs> it was really, really interesting to me, even back then. So I think that that was part of the reason why I pulled that into the story here. I'm also a big believer in therapy and how it can help with all different kinds of things. I think it's really important to seek help if you need it. I deal with anxiety and depression myself, so I have been in therapy multiple times in my life and it has been very helpful to me. So with everything that Mia has been through, I thought it made a lot of sense for her to be in therapy. And that's it for the Authorly Insight section on Chapter 21. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Riveting Reads. Please check out details for our reader appreciation program in the podcast notes or on rivetingreadspodcast.com. Also, a reminder that we're still a new podcast and we would love to hear from you. Please subscribe as well as rating and reviewing in your podcast app. Thanks, and we'll see you in a few days for the next episode.